Welcome. You are listening to Intentional Conversations from Nika White Consulting, an encore presentation of our weekly podcast where we intersect diversity, equity, and inclusion with leadership and business. Let the conversation begin. As I normally do, I want to give a formal introduction to our guest co-host today, Y'all know that I like to read accolades, the the credentials, and so that you all can know the credibility and the experience in which our guest co-hosts are showing up to this conversation. So today is no different. Future Kane is a social emotional leadership and workplace wellness expert who is the CEO and founder of Future of SEL and the host of Healing Our Future videocast. She is an international speaker, consultant, trainer, one of NASA's astrophysics IBA practitioners and certified culture and diversity to belonging facilitator. Diversity to belonging facilitator, I love that. Future is also featured as one of LinkedIn's top black voices to follow. With over 20 years of leadership and education experience, her career expands across several industries, including private sector, education, small business, and large corporations. This ambassador for humanity partners with organizations to optimize human potential through a systemic, holistic approach to improve leaders' social, emotional intelligence, employee wellness, and organizational performance. She is committed to helping organizations see their greatest assets are their people. She sits on the executive board for Rotary's World Affairs Seminar for high school students, is a mom to two who resides in Wisconsin, and is a certified yoga instructor who is passionate about people sitting in their self-awareness, social responsibility, and the mental health and well-being of all adults and children. Future has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and Harvard Business Review, and she has several published pieces. This CEO has been honored as Rotarian of the Year and has partnered with a variety of organizations, including the University of Wisconsin, Reebok Forever 21, Mental Health America, NAN, I'm just going to say N-A-N-O-G, and then future, just remind me, I want you to tell us what that stands for, LinkedIn, and AASA. That's another one that I want you to, to express what that stands for. You can connect with her via her website, Future of Cell, or on social media, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And so you all know what to do as part of this podcast community. If you've been with us for quite some time, find all of those emojis, all of those reactions. And please, please, please help me to welcome my guest co-host today, Future Kane. And I am so glad you're here. Welcome, Yay. my friend. I know, deep breaths, right? <laughs> I'm using uh, yoga strategies over here. We're using yoga strategies. We have to tap into those because um, breathing is super important. And I tell people we often breathe very shallow as humans yeah. and consciously tap into our breath. We have it on autopilot and people forget that it is something that they could use at any given moment in time, especially when they're under stress when they're nervous, when they're angry, when they just need to get back to calm. So I am totally about let's, let's breathe. And thank you. I for appreciate the- that. Breathe. Yes. You know, it's so interesting. We forget to breathe. And so being reminded, it sounds silly, but being reminded to breathe is always a gift, I believe, because you know how we, we are tense and then it's like, just breathe. Right. And it's like this magical gift. That's just kind of change everything in just that split moment. And so thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Um, so my friend, I'm so glad you're here. I know that you've had a really busy morning. 
Um, and 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 I, I told this audience that we were slightly delayed because it was so important for us to ensure your safety first and foremost. You have the kid drop off duty. Look, life is lifing. So just because future is on our guest as our guest co-host today does not mean that she's not a mom, that she's not a CEO, that she doesn't have all these other things. And what I love about bringing that to the conversation is that so often we always feel like we always have to be on and, yeah. and meet like every you know specific demand, expectation of us. And sometimes just kind of letting that go and saying what well, we said to each other, we were not gonna be late. It is what it is. It is what it is till it isn't. Literally, that's what I say to people. It is what it is yeah. till it isn't. Yes. Yes, I love that. So say more about that, because that is very much a part of the space that you're in, your messaging platform. And I think it just kind of grounds us as we go into today's conversations. My belief and my philosophy, my imprint that I want to leave on this world is we each have our own journey. And each person's journey is going to be different from each other. We might be harmonious at different points of times or help to support each other. So my imprint for people is I want to heal people. We are walking around very wounded from different things, whether that's childhood, whether that's most recently with 2020 and continuing on. And I don't think any human being should walk around here, not whole, should walk here, not well, should walk around here stressed out because I have to meet somebody else's dream while my passions and my dreams fall to the wayside. I don't think we should be walking around deferring our dreams. So in it is what it is, the future and you, Dr. White, who we were five, 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago, I think we could both say we have evolved. So what I thought it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago is very much not what it is now. Mm. That's why it is what it is till it isn't. And there are many things that I have shed. Literally I've shed of, I'm not doing that anymore. This point when you were so gracious to say future, I'm going to call you because we're right. Like what we had planned wasn't turned into not the plan. Mm. And, And the reality is, is in a moment, if I hold space, because I t- tell people, oftentimes people want to put the camps up, especially in the DI space too. It's yeah. like either ors. And I said, life isn't either or it's a filled with oh, many. Man. Mm-hmm. And I sat in, thank you for having the grace. And also this is, was triggering for me because one of my former bosses used to ride me about mm-hmm. literally being a minute or a moment late to my meetings. It was a minute or a moment late to my meetings because as a leader, I was talking to team members and people who were stopping me in the hallway to get to where I needed to go. But I'm not going to sit there and say like, sorry, I you're not important in this moment of time when I practice being present to get to this meeting that we're not even doing anything at the beginning of the meeting or you could fill me in. It's not life or death. And we as human beings are rushing around of, I have to get there and you're impacting your own wellness. Your core levels are going up and we can't get off that merry-go-round and you're literally chalking off days and months and years of your life to meet what? To meet what? Yeah. 
No, I, I appreciate that. And I think that what you're bringing to our attention is this, um, this societal kind of way of being that we have to just kind of accept that. And it causes us to have less propensity to give ourselves grace and to extend that grace to others as well. And so I do appreciate this moment. I think that uh, we can sometimes beat ourselves up even when we feel like we haven't met the expectation of someone else. But if we were to interrogate, okay, what was the reason? What was the reason? We weren't being malicious. You know, we weren't just kind of, there was a reason for it. And, and I think that that also can be very freeing as well. It's just to interrogate, well, why I'm not, I'm not really trying to create harm for anybody. It was really something that was unavoidable. And so, um, no, I appreciate that. I want to know about your name future. Is there a story behind your name? (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Where's my tissues? Okay. I got it. I got it. I got to get my tissue back. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay. So I talk about my name and I I've wanted to do several posts on this because obviously I'm in my forties. Okay. And I've had so many questions about this name because an arguments of people, literally strangers meeting me of that's not your name. Show me your driver's license, like proving that it's actually my God given name, which it is. It's on my birth certificate. Okay. <laughs> um, so my parents, my mom was Italian. And still is because she's still alive. And like my great grandfather's from Naples, Italy. So she was pretty early on generation wise. Yeah. And she was in love in the 70s. So she was supposed to marry another Italian Catholic. That's how it went, especially where we're from. I grew up in Pennsylvania. So there's a lot of first and second generation Italian in Pennsylvania, New York, and just that East Coast area. And she chose not to do that. And she chose to marry and love my father. And she chose character above color is what I tell people. Well, when she did that in the seventies, that was a huge no-no. So it's the strength that it took for her because everybody's like, you just got in DI or you write all these things that they want to put on me from not knowing my story. And I say, my mom was the true trailblazer because the mm-hmm. stuff that she had to endure and go through by just choosing my dad was stuff that I don't even have to face right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the other backstory to that is when I say what she had to face, pieces of what she had to face was one person out of her whole family came to her wedding. So wow. everybody else ostracized her. And on top of that, I was not allowed in my aunt's house for 16 years of my life. So when people want to talk about the system of racism, mm-hmm. or racism, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's not the system because we know very well it is that system, yes. but to face it firsthand from people who are supposed to love and care yeah. and keep safe of your yeah. awakening into this world is very traumatic. So that is a piece. And so my mother and father, because they stood where they stood, they named me future hope because they hoped that the future people could love and be with people for their character and not their color. So I wear a very heavy weight every day when I walk around here, knowing I'm still fighting, knowing I'm still advocating, knowing I'm still educating to create pathways that I question how much they've changed and how much they will change before I take my last breath on this earth. 
Mm. I just want us to sit with that just for a second, you know, without feeling the need to try to press forward. There's, there's so much richness there. I can see why you mentioned I'm going to have my Kleenex ready because um, the heart in which you vulnerably shared that with us, you brought us into your why. You brought us into your passion. You brought us into your conviction for the work, your lived experiences. And all of that is what makes you who you are. And um, I just appreciate your willingness to share that with us. I'm sorry that that was your situation. I'm sorry that that was your mother's situation. And what really struck me as you were sharing your story, what was really jarring is when you said, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but you know, when we look for safety, we tend to assume we can find it within those that we believe truly care about us, yeah. um, like our family. And so that, um, yeah, that really, that really was impressionable. So I just wanna, I wanna thank you for sharing that with this community. Yeah. As future, I was reading your bio. I want to go back for a second because there are two organizations that I feel like I want to be able to give them the full credit. And this is when I was sharing with the audience some of the organizations you have partnered with. And N-A-N-O-G and then A-A-S-A. If you could give us the names of those organizations, I just want to make sure I do my due diligence there as I as I've submitted to. Okay. So Nanog. Nanog. North American Network Operators Group. So North America Tech. So all the the tech that is running, uh, Google would be in there. Amazon would be in there. Many different organizations are a part of that because obviously every day we're using technology. Uh ASA, I've been in, I've served in many different capacities at the educational and most recently at the state level. Mm -hmm. ASA is the School Superintendents Association. So that is the organizations for uh, superintendents of school districts across our nation. Okay, got it. Thank you so much for that clarification. I wanted to make sure that I did go back and revisit that. So let's talk about social emotional leadership. Let's unpack Mm -hmm. that. What is it? How does it show forth? Why is it important? Okay. It is important because if we put on an equity lens or diversity lens, inclusion lens, belonging lens, it's important because we can't create equitable spaces if we aren't even self-aware in what values, beliefs, and how we show up, the thoughts that we have, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. harm we've caused. You, I tell people when I'm doing workshops, Self-awareness is a coin and one side of your self-awareness is you knowing you. And I'm Mm -hmm. seeing many people, and I put this quote out years ago, we are Houdinis of sitting with and sitting through our own emotions. We will do anything to escape them. There are so many people on this planet, once they get to a certain level of discomfort or unease, they want to shut down tune out, back out, because they don't want to push through that discomfort, the pain. Right. So therefore you could only go to a certain level of your own self-awareness if you can't even sit with yourself. Hmm. So self-awareness is your own view of 
you and the world, but it's also the other side of the coin is how people are receiving you. We've all gone into situations and I know many times as a leader, I walk out of a conversation with somebody I'm leading and like, wow, that was awesome. And then I hear the stories of what the person I had the conversation with is saying, because it comes back. Yep. She was so aggressive or I can't believe she talked to me that way. And I thought, whoa, what? Like we had a great conversation, but the person didn't receive it as that. So that's why the other half of the coin is how you're being received. Those are two different things of how you think you're projecting out and how you're being received. Okay. So self-awareness is a base foundation that we have to have Mm -hmm. in leadership. The next is emotional regulation. Mm -hmm. We see lots of news stories, lots of people being tagged and like called out or called up on social media, all these other places, because at the end of the day, I believe it's in their inability to emotionally regulate. Yeah. Okay. As a leader, you're getting thrown many different things at a variety of different times. So even though I might be boiling inside, is that going to be best for me to show to my team? I've tried my best to always keep composure and a peaceful, calm demeanor, because if I get heightened, guess what everybody else is yeah. Everybody yeah, else, they're going to follow, mm-hmm. right? They're You're setting the tone. Tea, okay. Yeah. He's going to be matched and people could feel that. Yeah. So emotional regulation is another piece of that. Responsible decision-making. We've seen a lot of organizations and leaders make what I would question is, are we making a responsible choice? Because what I'm telling people now is we want to talk about this balcony view. As a leader, you have to have a balcony view. And I said, no, I'm changing. No, you don't anymore. You actually have to have a drone view. There are so many different pieces that you have to get up here to have an understanding of what is going on in the organization or on that team or with that moment to make a responsible decision, not only for that team, but for that organization and not Mm -hmm. for that organization, but for all of humanity. It's not just about us. It's about all of us and the impact and the imprint that we have long after that decision is made. So that's another piece. Another piece of it is relationships. Relationships Mm -hmm. matter. And I keep reminding organizations, all these products and profits are great, but at the end of the day, the people make the products. The people bring the profits. So if you're not going to be cognizant and aware enough and loving enough to treat the people with respect and dignity and love, then we have a problem because you're impacting their wellness. You're impacting generations. There's a lot that is impacted with all of this lack of relationship building. And then the last piece of that is a social awareness. I know very well the conversations that I'm having, the facilitations I'm doing, the workshops, the speaking, I'm leaving imprints and seeds under trees. I may never seek shade under before I leave this planet. I know Mm. that. I'm very intentional and I am okay with it because I care about the people coming after me. I care about a hundred generations. Do you, do we not see what we're doing to our planet right now? It matters. This very all matters. So that is a, a 
close, quick, what it is, at the end of the day, our self-awareness is important because if I can't see me, it is really hard for me to see you, Dr. White. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much richness in that. Um, I love the co- coin analogy. That is that is such a great way to look at it. Okay, so self-awareness, emotional regulation, um, responsible decision-making. And as you were talking about that, I also loved how you also brought to the conversation, do we have a drone view? We need to start asking it ourselves that question and others. Do you have a drone view of this? Because you're right, sometimes it's so narrow that we forget about so many other considerations and populations that we that are not, you know, even being being thought of. Relationships matter. I love all of that. That is that is beautiful. And you actually address the next question I was going to go to. So now I want to shift a little bit and I want to talk about your career and your career path. At what point, future in your career, did you realize that organizations they need assistance in ensuring that their employees are emotionally? Um, in safe environments, right? Emotionally safe environments. What does that look like? And and why have you based a lot of your practice on really just amplifying that to the organizations that you work with? Okay. I think I started to notice once I graduated college. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my bachelor degrees is in psychology. So I started using that as mm-hmm. a behavior level specialist going into schools and working with students who were on the autism spectrum. And I was angered and I was frustrated and I was saddened and I was hurt by how the children were being treated and the lack of services that they were being being given. And when I went to talk to the not-for-profit organization that I worked for about it, I said, you know, like, what could we do? Okay. Is there any way that I could do something more? And this is when I faced the system because they said, well, you have to go back for your master's. And I kind of chuckled and laughed and I chuckled and laughed because I said, okay, I hear you, but I know nobody in this organization has two bachelor degrees. Like I did. I know no person in here, not just with a bachelor's degrees. I had already done two thesis papers, bachelor degrees, but then you're going to sit here and tell me I can't change a system of what I see is inequitable, is harming humans mm-hmm. until I get back from my master's. Okay. So fine. I did that. But the audience has to remember, I've been doing case studies for years yeah, of people for decades now and seeing what we're doing or the lack thereof of what we're doing. And I just kept compounding all the research and the education that I had to say, what's trends, what, what's being normalized, what is the harm that is happening and, and how do we infiltrate so that we don't have people wounded everywhere we're going in every workplace. Because mm-hmm. that, that is not, I don't think we were put on this planet and I don't know what everybody's beliefs are, but I, my belief is God didn't put us here for us to walk around that way. Mm-hmm. He'd not put us here to do that. Mm-hmm. So if we are doing that, then how are we intentional about creating systems where we can be whole, where we could actually sit on our own self-awareness to say, failing is our first attempt in learning. Yeah. To say, let's put our foot forward and co-create something even better than maybe we can see right now to catapult us to a future that is unimaginable. 
Yeah, co-create. That's a really important word. We use it a lot at NWC too, but there's such power behind that. You know, I don't think that any of us are um, in and of ourselves able to just really uh, manifest something without having the input and the influence of others, right? And so the, the co-creation process is something that I think everyone really could benefit from. And yeah, we have to fail. It's, um, we. I talk about it as failing forward mm-hmm. without the um, ability to fail forward, we're not going to grow. We're not going to learn. We're going to stay stuck. And so I think that comes back to what you referenced earlier around the discomfort. No, it's not easy. It doesn't feel good, right? But it's necessary, right? It's completely necessary. So we're going to be shifting in a little bit. And I certainly want to give this audience an opportunity to present any questions you may have for future. And you can do so by placing them in the chat or using the raised hand feature. And that lets me know that you're willing to be called upon and spotlighted so that we can um, hear from you. But I'll give you a chance to think about those questions while I go to the next one. Um, I want to talk about professional connectedness. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have addressed you know, multiple times before. So I want you to help this audience to understand what is professional connectedness and how do you feel about it? Okay, so do you know how Gallup does the Strengths Finder? Oh, we love Strengths Finders at NWC. Yes, I can tell you my top five now. Yes, okay. okay. Okay, so in my top, I'll give you my three of my top five. Okay. Okay. But I'll give you my first one. My first one is connectedness. Okay. First one. Um, another one is strategic. Okay. And my last of the five is futuristic. So I am very well aware that some of the stuff that I'm, I'm saying, some people might take their last breath on this earth saying, I, I don't understand what the heck she's saying. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. we need, we need the futurist people. Okay. Absolutely. We do. Yeah. While also needing the connectedness. It's the Ubuntu proverb. I am because we are, mm-hmm. we are all, we are all one. And mm-hmm. whether you live uh, across one of these oceans or not, and think that you're not impacting me, you are. And that's why the professional connectedness is so important, especially we're, we're all on these social platforms. We are friends mm-hmm. and connections from across the world. It's not just the United States or your own little state anymore. It is worldwide. So yeah. why would we not professionally connect, learn from each other, build with each other, love with each other to create something that I believe we haven't been able to get to a place of creating yet. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that is? Because I realized that we are, we tend to be quite surface, right? Especially in like a work environment. And maybe it's because there's not enough safety and feeling like we can be vulnerable. We can, you know, we don't have to be as guarded. Um, But are there other reasons that you feel like uh, maybe this professional connectedness is not something that people make an intentional practice around? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as intentional. I don't think we put enough emphasis into getting to know another human being. Mm -hmm. All. Mm -hmm. I know my evolution, I don't want, and and I will talk to people. I think most people will say I'm pretty personable. And at the same time, if you truly want to be my friend, I'm not going to do service with you. I, Mm -hmm. I like to 
do very deep and have an understanding and talk about what, what your purpose is, how can we get you out there? And I think it is hard for people to have connectedness professionally who don't know themselves. And that's why I'm urging people to sit in their own self-awareness mm. of just basic stuff people don't know. And, and it's, and it's proof. We don't know basics of how we're the emotions that we're experiencing and feeling. So right. if I can't even tell you, you making that comment had me frustrated, gave me anxiety, stressed me out. Then how could we even go deep in our relationship and connectedness? Because I don't even feel comfortable expressing it or thinking it in myself, let alone being vulnerable and expressing it out to others and others that I don't really know because yeah. I come to the space to work with them a few moments in time. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let the audience in on something. And Lisa, I see your hand. So I'm coming to you next. I love this conversation future, but I'm going to let the audience in on something that was a, a brief exchange that you and I had today, just right before time to come on at the top of the hour. And um, I shared that we were a bit delayed. You were, we were really trying to focus on your safety, getting you back to, to your home after doing mommy duty, kid drop off duty, which, you know, certainly is part of, of life. And, um, you were just in your calm nature, your calm way, carrying it on conversation. And I probably call it like small talk or chit chat. And I felt for whatever reason, so confident to be able to say, future, we're going to have a lot of time to chit chat right now. I need to get you home safe and to get you on live. Mm-hmm. And what did you say to me, future? <laughs> I said, thank you for being self-aware to know that you're in the moment, you're nervous. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that to that point because there's so many people that let alone can't vocalize it in their heart or mind, but then speak it out loud to another person they're going to be sharing space with. Yeah, yeah. And hearing that, it did wonders for for me in that moment. And I remember I, I immediately then said, "Thank you for giving me that agency and that liberty to be able to name that." Mm-hmm. And and I gave that example because as you were talking about, again, this connectedness, getting to know people and how sometimes maybe we don't value that as much as we do. I think the beauty of getting to know people is that it creates opportunities to be able to name some hard things or some real things so that the awareness factor can then maybe sensitize us to how can we best show up for those individuals that we're in relationship with. Right. And, um, and so I, I loved how you showed up in that moment. And it was it was a great example of, of, of what you, you're sharing. OK, Lisa, I see that your hand is raised. And so feel free to unmute yourself and share. And you turned your camera on. So when you do that here at NWC on our podcast, we take that to mean that you're OK to be added to our spotlight. So <laughs> thank you. I don't usually do this, but emotional intelligence is like one of the most important and um, energizing things that 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 I've talked about in my career. And I think it's so important. But I like as we're talking and as we're sharing, I'm I'm thinking about the the impact of denial and how that keeps people mm-hmm. from actually experiencing and understanding their own emotional intelligence because like right now as we're talking they've just finished the investigation of um minneapolis the minneapolis police department and they've they've come to the conclusion that excessive force was used 
more prominently than it should have, especially for people of color, particularly African Americans and Native Americans. They said six more than six times the rate of the general population um, they have experienced excessive force, including George Floyd. Yeah. And what I do for a living is, is I assess police officers, you know, every day for, you know, just for their psychological readiness. Wow. So my question to you, Future, is like, how do we break through this denial? Because there's going to be people that are going to see the facts. They're going to see that, you know, police officers, they do, they have a very stressful job. um, And, and perceptions have changed because of situations such as George Floyd. How do, do they break through the denial so that they can address the needs of the populations that they serve? What, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't, I think sometimes people wanna be like, hey, it's this one quick fix, here it is, okay? I don't, I don't ever believe that, okay? Because I've actually had many conversations with the police force, okay? Um, especially when our schools shut down in in 2020, because I knew we were going to go. I told my leadership team we we're going to go into a mental health crisis, and I am right because the data has come out on that. Mm. And w- what we also have to hold space for. I'm not sitting here saying it is okay any of the stuff that the police officers are doing, okay? Because we know the data. What I am sitting here questioning is they too aren't being afforded the opportunities that I believe they should be afforded. Why? Because I've talked to one too many of them that are saying they can't be vulnerable and say, I'm not well, Mm. I'm not safe. Okay. Mm. They're not safe to speak up if they're not well. And therefore, Mm. if they're not well and struggling with anything or need to go see therapy, they then as a, a force sometimes, or that little society sometimes doesn't support them in being outward with saying what it is and what they're experiencing. So they suppress and numb in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And people know, and especially like if I look at my whole yoga thing, your body will eventually create a dis-ease in your body that will show up in many different ways if you are not addressing internally what is going on. That's what's happening. The body, there's a book. The body keeps the score because it does. So I think it's one, giving them the resources that they need without questioning, without pointing fingers to support them in their journey. Because what we have to understand is every single day they're dealing with stuff that oftentimes is very traumatic and triggering for them too. I can't, I can't imagine going into all the time. Nobody's a lot of us aren't raising our hands to arm up and say, yep, I am willing to put my life on the line every day for your safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, two, I also think there's a lot of different things that they have to sit with in their own self-awareness. What have, has been a subconscious programming that is on autopilot for them now? Because the force has been trained in many different ways, but have we been vulnerable enough to talk through what is really the beliefs that are being ingrained into you and the actions that are taken that are demonstrating and showing that through data as we have. So I think that's another piece, but it's not just, we went through our anti-racism training and we're good, one and done. No, 
it's intentional conversations continuing on too, because things are changing. Language change, narratives change, people change, society changes. So it can't be just one and done. And I think more importantly, it's a discovery of self. Mm-hmm. If you Are you getting nervous when you're around different groups of people? Okay, but that's probably an indicator. And then why is that? And then having dialogue and working with a variety of different groups in, in a nice way. I, I told the police force, even when we were in the schools, I said, you can't just be the enforcer who's coming in when there's a problem with these students and these students never see your face. How are you building bridges with the community and the children and the schools for them to see you not as something frightening for many, they are, but a friend, somebody that they can look up to and have an understanding of who you are too. So I think it's a variety of things. That's so true. That's 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 basically what I was hitting on is that I think that we need that. We need to understand our communities, yeah. you know, in connection with understanding ourselves. So thank thank you so much for saying that. Thank you for the question. Absolutely. That goes at both and we were talking about before, right? Future that both and yes. Thank you so much for being here, Lisa, and your question and for giving us that update on Minnesota. We do appreciate that. So I, I don't see any other hands that are up right now, but you do have an opportunity. So don't delay though. We're going to be wrapping up the show um, relatively soon. But future, I found it interesting that you said in your top five, futuristic is one. It's just all of these connection points, right? Based upon the stories you've shared today. So I want to ask you about the future. And really, this is more about the evolution of the DEI work. And specifically, what would you like to see as part of the evolution? What do you think needs to happen to evolve DEI to become even more effective and impactful in creating the change that, that we that we need and that we that we deserve as a society? It reminds me of being a special education teacher, this some of these DEI roles. And, and I say that because um I painfully remember so many teachers saying, well, that's your kid. Mm, mm. Okay. Um, even though the kid went to all these different classes, mm. right? Is mm-hmm. it just a kid or is it our kid? Yeah. It's yeah. collectively our kid who is serving. It's not just like that person's. So I think about that with this because I've seen and I've talked to and I've worked with so many different organizations where it's the weight of inclusivity, the weight of equity, the weight of belonging is on one person's shoulder. And equity is the work of all. So we can't sit here and point fingers of it's your job to fix all the problems that the systems and the people have made for decades prior and think that it's just going to overturn magically because it's not. So I think one, we have to stand in equity is the work of all, even though there's that one person who has the title of the director of DEIB or the vice president of it. And then oftentimes is given little resources and $10,000 for a year to fix everything that is everything. Literally, it's all your systems. It's all your practices. 
It's all your policies. It's all your procedures. Everything in any organization has equity involved in it. Absolutely. But we're going to say, we're not going to give money. We're not going to give people. We're not going to give time to creating something that we know is not getting the tender, loving care that it should have been getting, not just this year, but 50 years ago. So I think for me, it is one people knowing equity is the work of all. And how are we coming and being intentional with creating that space for those people on all of our teams in all of our organizations? Because what I see some people doing is very performative. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to perform, I don't know who that's awesome for. Like if, if, if that makes you feel good for a moment, it's actually really harmful. So how are you then also not only doing the work of all, but you can't change a system unless you listen to the people in the system that are being oppressed. And that's what we often don't do. The the leaders or people will be like, look, look what we did for you. That's awesome. And you didn't ask me what needed to be changed. So you just took a whole bunch of stuff that you thought would be good. And you didn't even ask the people in the system what they would like to see to co-create with them, to get suggestions and lenses and awareness that maybe you couldn't even see or hear or feel. So I think it's a variety of things, but it's going to take dialogue and it's going to take discomfort and it's going to take putting egos aside. It's going to take taking a breath, pausing and and stepping away for a moment, but saying you two matter and Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep coming back to this. Yeah. Because we all matter. We all matter. Yeah. That is, um, that's so good. It's definitely something that we need to sit with. And I appreciate you, you amplifying the importance of that. Um, I am going to do my best to try to get one more question in because we do have another individual with the hand raised, Anthony Arrington. And so Anthony, please feel free to unmute yourself and share. And hi, Anthony, I'm actually going to add you to the spotlight. Thanks for being here. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's good to see you all too. And uh, first and foremost, thank you to you, Dr. White, uh, and to you, Feature, I know you both personally. I've had you both on on our podcast, Breaking Barriers, and you are two powerful, powerful women, and I always enjoy being in your space. Uh, Future, it's been a while. I haven't seen you. I, and, and for everybody on this podcast, Future's mama is the bomb. She's a great woman. Uh, Future was on our podcast. She traveled to Iowa to spend some time with us and brought her mother, and it was an, an amazing experience. So I appreciate that. Future, one of the things I know we've talked about in the past, and I wanted to get your perspective again, is is this this challenge that we all have as practitioners with this diversity fatigue. And actually, anyone can answer, but what is how? Let's talk about how we're dealing with that, or how you're dealing with that, and how you could share your thoughts because this is that challenge in our space today. It it went from a space where where CRT was the boogeyman word to then woke was the boogeyman word, and, and DEI, you know, is becoming a real boogeyman. Yes word and so fatigue is real out here and 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 for, yeah. and it's okay it's it's understandable so talk about how you're coping with that as a at personally and then how we can advise organizations to cope with this uh, on a broader scale okay um i think it's twofold again it goes back to your self-awareness okay 
people have to know what is depleting of their energy. Yeah. And two, what is filling of their energy and joy. And here's what I'm trying to remind people kindly of, and I have been doing on the social media platforms for the last three years. We have to remember to fill our buckets up with joy. So if I am powering myself up early in the morning, you think about your kids, okay? Because we all have kids. Remember, we used to do bedtime's routine with them. And then we had their morning routine. Come on, you got to put your clothes on and brush your teeth and do all this stuff. We as adults need to be doing that too. So what am I waking up to in the morning? If you are waking up and guess what you're doing? Your first thing is I'm going to scroll through here. What are you doing? Okay. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm telling people you, you need to protect your mind, which is going then to protect your body and your spirit. So I am very intentional at how I wake up in the morning and the things that I do, because if you pour into yourself and not just water, but a whole bunch of goodness for your mind and your body and your spirit, you are able to power up and the things that people are not doing or say that you're like, oh my gosh, did they really just say that? Or you get an email of, we're not going to move forward with that contract anymore because we just don't need DEI. It is going to flow like water off of you because you've already poured into yourself a bunch early on. And the same with at night, what are the thoughts that we are putting in our mind? Some of us are, have these reels in our mind of stuff that we would never allow anybody to speak to us. So what lens are you seeing the world in? There is a lot of craptacular stuff happening right now. I am not going to sit here and like pretend it's all unicorns and roses and fairy dust. And I will also hold space for, there's a lot of beauty and people being very intentional about doing things that they never did in their systems or with their teams five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So I think we have to celebrate the people who are choosing to get sneakers and lace up and come on this journey that is a marathon, while also saying, if you're not ready for this journey yet, I still love you and I will be here when you're ready. I will be mm-hmm. when you're ready, but I'm not going to drag, I will drag you if you want to be drug, okay, to the finish line in a loving manner. But if you don't want to be here, then it's not right right now. It's, it's yeah. okay. No, one of the things that Nika and I talked about when we had Nika on our, 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 our podcast was the, the fence sitter, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, I can't spend your energy and your time on, on people who really, really are not ready for this, right? Right. Uh, but I need to spend my time on people who are. That fatigue is real, but it's as real as working out to stay in shape. It's as real yeah, as yeah. the fatigue of your computers that you have to change every three years. Right. It's as real as the the lead the other tools in your in your company chest. This is one of the bigger tools, but it's human centered, so it's really hard. So thank you for sharing that. Love you, and I love your background. Love you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little envious right now of you, of you being it. outdoors, Anthony. So glad to so glad to see you today. Thanks for coming on and for your you question. Too. You too. Thank you all. Yeah. Okay, so we're at the top of the hour. I knew this was going to be so so good. We'll have <laughs> to make sure we have you back, um, future. Thank you. Thank you so much for just spending time with us, for sharing so much of yourself with us. Um, I want to thank this audience as well, but I want to give you the final 30, 60 seconds to close this out in whatever way that feels good. If there's something you did not get a chance to socialize that you really have a lot of energy and passion for, I want to give you that chance. Well, I would say, obviously, there's lots of things coming up for me. Um, We have World Affairs Seminar 
for students across the world. There's 30 different countries that we'd be represented this year, which is super cool. Um, We're talking about climate change. So I'll be leading um, a breakout session and then a keynote on that because again, I am about, not just about this, I'm about this whole entire world being better Um, because if we don't have a world, we won't be here as people. Um, so that's one thing I'm going to Massachusetts to be part of a SEL conference in August. So if that's your, your jam, uh, come out and visit me there. And then I I think what is most important to me is people sitting with themselves of how is my heart? Are you asking yourself daily? How is my heart today? And truly, how am I? And if you are feeling a way that you don't want to feel, then what actionable steps can you take to be the person or be around people or be in a space that you are going to be swaddled in love, that you are going to experience joy, that your wellness is going to be top and center because you too deserve to be on this earth. I'm putting this into the chat because I thought it was so beautiful. How was your heart? There's so many nuggets that were dropped today. We are so forever grateful, future. Um, Thank you so much. We continue to um, be in your corner and cheer you on for all the great work that you're doing. Um, Thanks, everyone. Have a great and safe weekend. And hopefully we'll see you all next Friday for Intentional Conversations podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you.